Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark here on a Monday, the first show of April, and it's not a very happy one. Uh, as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, I am fine. I'm out of protocol, as you know. I feel a lot better now. Thank you. It was li- sounding a little rough last week, but uh, maybe not even as rough as our hockey team, but I know we'll get that, that get to that. How are you? How are you? I am good. Um, uh, it's it's been a, not a great week for the team, uh, so I've been just sort of ignoring as much as possible. But <laughs> I have regrouped, I have gathered information, and I am ready to drop hot takes and complain about this hockey team. We would and expect nothing what, less from you, brother. Nothing less. Nothing less. What is life about if not to complain about the Vancouver Canucks? That's what I always say. Um, we've got a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux, Patrick Alvin, uh, a little bit. Uh, Tucker Pullman, um, the woes of the last couple of weeks in crunch time for the team and what it maybe means for the team going forward. Uh, the two games that happened, I guess there's probably a couple of games this week. I would imagine <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Saturday three yeah. games this week. Probably meaningless. Watch the Canucks win all three and they're win the next six. And then everyone's like, oh, maybe they do something. Probably not. Uh, but we'll talk about those as well. Um but where do you want to go first? Where I know you always, yeah, I know you always ask me, and you're so kind to let me start off. But you know, creature of habit, and we want to end on a good note, or at least a not so sad note. So let let's recap these two games. Only two games since the last time we chatted. Yeah, uh, first one was not great. Uh, Wednesday, <laughs> March thirtieth, uh, St. Louis four, Vancouver three. Uh, I think I've blocked most of this out of my memory. There's two games against St. Louis, so I'm kind of, I got to remember which one was which. Uh, this yeah. is the one where Chason scored and everyone yes. celebrated and then they lost anyways. Chase, yeah, Chason, that was the nice feed from Richardson behind the net. And that was the mm-hmm. first goal. It we So we survived the first period. So kudos to us. I don't know why I'm patting my back. It's not like you and I were playing. Maybe we should. Well, at least you should. And then Chason opens the scoring and everything is good. Everything's good until um, I guess St. Louis started playing better and yeah, beat us. Yeah, so it ends, up being, it ends up being three two after the uh, after this after the second period. Elias Patterson with a goal in there. That's uh, right. In the third period, they get scored on by Nathan Walker, which is kind of sad. Uh, and then Elias Patterson scores uh, late, and the Canucks can't tie it up, uh, and they lose that game. Uh, they basically got outplayed in the second period and the first period, and they came back a little bit in the third, but right. a pretty low event game. There's only uh, like 50 shots total in the entire game. Um, but hey, at least Leas Patterson got two points, two goals. Mm-hmm. That's nice to see. But man, this was the uh, this was the uh, basically it was it was really crunch time, right? They, they had to basically win out at this point. Yep. They had to go. What was it? 11 out of the 14 and they lose this game. So then it drops and then it's 11 out of the 13. Uh, which just gets more and more unlikely. I do remember it takes me a couple minutes, Parker, to to jog my memory. And I did have a foggy brain last week. But yes, this is the game where special teams, uh, surprise, surprise, killed us again. Uh, not only did St. Louis go one for one, we went 0 for one. But this is the one where we actually allowed the shorthanded goal against momentum. We were up 2-1 after PD's nice goal. And then he actually, uh, um, you know, tried to maybe do a little too much, gave the puck up right. in the middle of the ice. Quinn Hughes, who's diff, not the fastest skater, but he's a quick skater, as we've talked about, caught flat-footed, and Thomas just blew by him. 
I, I didn't know the Canucks were bad on special teams. That's the first time I'm hearing of this. Um, <laughs> You're good yeah, man. <laughs> it's a real issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so we get to the game. Uh, was this yesterday? <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. Yesterday afternoon and early one at 4 p.m. Uh, matinee game, Vegas yep. in Vancouver. Uh, and the Canucks just came out so, so, so slow. Yeah. in this game they they were lethargic they just got run out of the building in the first period and it's been the story of this canucks team the slow starts the third period comeback and the loss in ot it is the textbook vancouver canucks 2022 hockey game uh and i mean it, it's just unfortunate it's it's maddening and uh, no one said as much as they needed to that they were going to win out but uh, and I'll, I'll ask you about the slow starts once we get through this recap, but I, I was at this game Parker and yeah, it was, it was maddening. And then the third period, it, it's exciting. JT Miller scores on the nice feed from Ekman Larson. Then Horvat scores without touching the puck in a weird goal. Um, yeah. And then there's big controversy on, uh, at the arena because uh, I think a lot of people there, Parker thought actually the goal wasn't going to count. They were reviewing it, but no, um, I, I think some astute uh, fans knew that they were trying to figure out if it was, both power plays done or only one or all, if, if you know what I mean, that kind right. of thing. So, and of course they, they deemed it part of the second power play. So therefore the, the guy comes out of the box and they're the Canucks do not no longer have the power play. So it, tricky a matter of literally split seconds would have made a difference. I don't know. You'd like to think you, you want that chance though, for sure. Yeah. That one was weird because you watched the yeah. replay and the, you watched the slow-mo replay yeah. And I'm counting one Mississippi, two Mississippi, uh, three <laughs> seconds on the slow-mo replay. Yeah. Now they record uh, all the cameras they're, they're recording. I think the ones they're showing are probably 60 FPS and they're probably cutting it in half. I would think so it would be about a second and a half. Now they might've slowed it down less than that. And I could be wrong, but it didn't feel right. like two whole seconds, right? Two seconds is quite a long time. Um, and, uh, it was a little iffy, but they, uh, they were pretty quick on the review. They said it was, uh, yeah. it, was it was, it took a, it was a very nice slow one into the net. Yeah. Um, and the Canucks, uh, yeah, a, a solid third period, uh, and then they get to overtime and they just try to do too much. Uh, yeah. or trying to make moves. Yeah. Uh, everyone's trying to make moves. They're trying to do it all themselves and it just doesn't work. Um, and it goes the other way. And did you, did you hear Boudreaux's comments? He, he didn't mention Horv. He, he says 53 was on the wrong side of the puck. And then, but then he mentioned, and then Petey was on the wrong side. It's funny how he said 53. So maybe yeah. he'd go 53 and 40 or he'd go Horvat and Petey, but he didn't go. He went 53 and Petey. <laughs> yeah. Is there a rift in the locker room? He's referring to by his number. Um, yeah, some good reporting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it, and it's just, it's just sad. Um, yeah. You know, the, they, it was a game they had to win in regulation to begin with if they were going to do anything. You know, seven points back in Vegas with three games against them. You got to yeah. win all three in regulation, and then you got to make up one more point elsewhere. Um, and now it's, I mean, it's over, right? I mean, that, that was, yeah. they 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 failed to end an OT. Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers fires it 13 feet wide of the net with a second to go. Um, and uh, I mean, that was just kind of a, you know, just kind of told the story of that game a little bit. Did you see the replays, Parker, where from one angle it looked like he just missed, and then from the other angle, yes, you're yeah, right. Yeah, they show the replay from behind. It's like, oh, it's it was off the toe. It goes, you know, six feet high and wide. Uh, he's not a goal scorer. He's just not no. a goal scorer. No, really? Yes. Yeah. Quick question for you. Um, you know how, as you said, it's a story of the Canucks season, a very slow start, battle back in the third, but then spend so much energy, time, effort battling back. 
with these slow starts, I know Boudreaux is quick to not shift blame, but he'll say, we got them ready. We talk about it in the room. The players know. The players know. But how much of that is actually coaching too? What do you think? Or is that truly a, a player execution thing? The coaches can only do so much. I don't know. I don't know. It's so hard to tell because at some point, and everything, if nothing's changing, and it continues to be the same issue where they're slow in the first period. And how many games have they been uh, been down before? Yeah. <laughs> how many games have they been down uh, going into the second or third period and battle back to make it interesting under Bruce Boudreaux, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that they, they've they really overachieved uh, late in games. I saw a graph. Um, I don't remember who posted on, on Twitter, but it was it was a graph of sort of the the expected goals share by like time of game and for the Canucks it was like they they fell so far into the negative in the first and then the second it like slowly ticked back up towards the middle and the third period it spikes back up right to 50 percent <laughs> like like they basically put themselves in such a hole early and then dig their way out in the third um I don't I don't I don't get it it's one of those things where I mean it feels like you know if the same thing's happening over and over yeah. um they just got to try harder (laughs) okay i don't i don't know how to say it um but they they just don't seem to they just seem to come out of the gates really slow yeah and it's not as rudimentary as well just start the fourth line okay fine fourth line they they get through a shift a big hit fine but that doesn't always mean the Canucks are going to score the first goal like what it's just yeah i'm flabbergasted i'm at a loss of word for words obviously and like it's it's crazy it's crazy these are professional athletes yeah, and they're 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 th- showing up slow, and yeah. and then they get good later. I don't know if other teams just run out of gas in the third <laughs> period. If the Canucks just get better as the game goes on, and I feel like it's got to be the latter, because um, I mean these are like you said, they're professional athletes. They have conditioning. They can they can play you know eighteen minutes a night, and they should be fine. Yeah. Um, but I guess it all sort of comes down to is it the players who are just. Yeah being sort of lazy or is it the coach and there's not much we can we can really know yeah. uh, but there have been interesting conversations around the coach this week yes, uh, yes. which is in a vacuum it's crazy right you, you you look at the you look at what this team has done since december 4th right mm-hmm. that game against pittsburgh december 4th um or maybe the game was the third something like that i don't know the it was those two days third and the fourth yes um you look at what this team has done in really the last four months right four months to the day uh and it's they've been one of the best statistically at least on the standings one of the better teams in hockey right yes just flat out um and you look at that and you say wow old coach they did bad new coach they do really good keep new coach right like it, it seems like it yes. seems really cut and dry they have even a caveman could yes <laughs> they have him on a team option for next year you look at wins and losses and you say yeah why would you get rid of them yeah but you know then you think about you know it's a new management group new management groups will want to get their their guy right that's usually what they do mm-hmm. um there's the whole you know his lack of playoff success in the past and look the team's got to get to the playoffs i think a little bit before you worry about that too too much um but they play so he plays sort of a fast and loose style where you go out there and you have fun and you try not to get too far behind the play um and you see it help the team and you see it hurt the team but the problem is when you get to the playoffs it's usually something that hurts the team 
But again, you got to get there. So it really depends on what they want to prioritize. Boudreaux says he wants to stay. Yep. Um, We've heard very little from, you know, we haven't heard that much about uh, whether or not management wants to keep him around. But if they're thinking long term, Boudreaux might not be their guy. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh. That's not the way they they did it in Pittsburgh, right? They didn't have that high flying, fast and loose style. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your sort of thoughts here? Uh, I have quite a few of them. You you can't argue with the success, success that Boudreaux's had. He, the the team's not a top five team, or not even top ten actually with the recent slide, but they're still a top sixteen team since he's been here. So they're let's say they're a playoff caliber team for the last four months. I agree with you, Parker. You know, I, I've heard others say that, and even Halford and Bruff were talking about that. Bruff has a source, or Halford has a source that uh, no, Bruff does that. I said a month ago that maybe Alvin and Rutherford aren't sold on Boudreaux's that what they call a lack of organization when it comes to coaching, when it comes to systems. And you can kind of see that if if his press conferences and if his media availabilities are any indication of how he coaches, popular, likable, uh, great motivator. Uh, but I can't judge how much of an X is an old guy, how detailed he is. It's, it's so tough to say, but that's what you have assistant coaches for too. So I throw all that out and I just simply say, look how the Canucks feel about themselves. Look how look how confident they are. Look how he, he got Besser's game going. He got PD's game going for sure. And I I like I, I don't think this is one where you overthink it. I, I think you if he wants to come back, you extend him by one or two years uh, because it's kind of weird just to go into the second year of a two-year contract and then you're done. It's it's that's lame duck, right? That's kind of weird. Yeah. So one other thing, Parker, I was thinking though too is is how much of this is a business decision from a standpoint of the fans love him, the players seem to like him. I won't say love him. The media seems to really enjoy him, especially compared to past guys. How much of it is a business decision where, or maybe they don't care if you don't resign them and don't extend them and let them walk. Do do the fans revolt a little bit even more than they are doing so, doing so right now? What do you think of that? Or do you think that's not a big factor? I think it shouldn't be a concern, but it probably okay. is one. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's sort of part of the job in a in a big hockey market like this one is that it's something that you got to sort of consider. Um, I think that this management group is fresh enough that they can get away with anything for okay. a little bit, right? They have that. They're it's sort of that honeymoon phase. Or you can sort of you can sort of get away with, you know, you can go out and be like, hey, look, you know, this is we want to play a style that is um, that is not reserved, but structured and and physical. And we're going to grind out wins because right now that's the skill level that this team has. And that's how they need to. That's how they need to get wins. Uh, So we're going with a different guy. He's going to be our guy. It's a risky move, though, Mm -hmm. because right now you have the uh, the most beloved coach per game right like no coach has gotten more love in their first what, what has been 40 games than yeah. Bruce Boudreaux has right uh, he's got chance named after him yeah yeah that's something that coaches don't have right yeah um but it is if they want to play it safe there is no risk in keeping Boudreaux because yeah. It, they're like hindsight. If things go terribly next season and the coaching's not good, well, you, they can always say, "Well, I mean, he was great last year, right? Why wouldn't we have resigned him?" And, yeah. and hindsight's twenty twenty, all that stuff. But if they go out and they hire someone different, there's always that risk that that new voice doesn't click, things don't work, uh, the players don't, you know, just just it falls apart, and then you look really bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and. 
Do you mind putting up Go Canucks Gus? Uh, quote, I want to see the team giving Boudreaux one full season to work and see where they are by then. So yeah, how about a Boudreaux training camp? How about a Boudreaux exhibition season and one full season? Uh, kind of what you were just saying is, is why not? I, I just simply think they shouldn't overthink it. That's what I keep coming back to in my mind. Right. Uh, and again, it, that, that is fair. Um, but if they don't think he's their guy and they think that yeah. a different coach gets them an extra four points next season, yep. right? Then they have to do that, right? Like if you genuinely think you can improve the team in any way, especially a way that doesn't affect your salary cap, um, you should take it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, that's tricky. And, you know, he is, he is older. Uh, he does say he wants to just coach forever. Um, so, I mean, theoretically, you could keep him around for six years if you wanted to. Um, but realistically, what? He, maybe he coaches for one, two, maybe three more years. Yeah. Um, and, and in theory, that's going to be in right in the window, hopefully. Uh, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, if that's right in the window, do you want to be making a coaching change then if he's like retiring or something along those lines? It really depends on how far in the future you want to look. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, Parker. I vlogged about this on the weekend. Rarely do we hear of a head coach finishing his contract and, and then they hire a new coach. It's usually a guy gets fired, right? Hired to get fired or the coach steps like Paul Maurice uh, steps down before he gets canned. But rarely do you just hear, of a coach finishing off his contract and then a seamless transition to the new guy. It's always more kind of uh what's the word? Just kind of, yeah, more disruptive than that. It, it's yeah. kind of strange. Yeah. But I guess that's the whole, that's the whole nature of the beast, right? Yeah. And it, it really yeah. falls down to people like job security. They don't <laughs> want a coach with one year left on their deal. Yeah. Um, and so they usually get that next year and then, you know, they're, if they're not doing good, they're done. Yeah. Um, like Travis. Well, the word I was looking for was tumultuous. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Dexter gave abrupt, which is good, but I meant to say tumultuous. Thank you. Sorry. About I that. mean, it almost happened with Travis Green, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they could have not brought him back and they could have hired Bruce Boudreaux out of the gate this, this offseason and things probably would have been a lot better uh, this mm-hmm. year. We might be talking about um, the push for the playoffs a little bit later into April. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, it is definitely more tumultuous. I think that's that's definitely fair. But I mean, even if they were to move on from Boudreaux, yeah. I mean, what options are there? That was my fear about Travis Green, right? I was like, hey, yeah, who are you going to replace him with, right? Yeah, because you have to upgrade. You you can't you can't do a, if you're going to make the change. You can't. It can't be lateral. It can't be worse. It's you've got to find a coach who you genuinely believe can take this group of t- uh, this group of players that have played at a playoff pace over the last 40, 50 games and get a coach that you think will get that out of this team for a full 82. That's the bar right now. Uh, And if you, if they, if this management group goes out and gets a coach and the Canucks miss the playoffs by two points next year, that's going to be looked at as a failure. Um, Fair or not, it, it will be by the general fan base. The Winnipeg Jets, Parker, are my second favorite team, a, a distant second to the Canucks, of course. So I've always liked Paul Maurice, actually. I know not a lot of Winnipeg Jets uh, playoff success, but I've always thought that I like the way that team plays, and I, I think they nurture their star as well. So, you know, I know we're not going to spend too much time talking about replacements because we're not, we're not even there yet. But I, I've always liked Maurice, um, but I think he just wore out, uh, you know, he did his time in Winnipeg. 
Yeah, it's tricky because every single coach you try to hire has probably been fired somewhere else. Right. True. That's just sort yeah. of the way it is. And that's exactly yeah. That's the scary thing, right? You can go out and you can get someone who's proven but has failed elsewhere, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and Maurice was a, did fine in Winnipeg. Uh, and, and it's sort of the way most coaches work, right? They're, they do good for a few years and then something <laughs> breaks, like Vino, right? Yeah, exactly. uh, great point. Just, just eventually things just stop working at seemingly everywhere he goes uh, and, and they got to go get someone new. Uh, or mm-hmm. you can go get someone who hasn't been a head coach before, then you're taking a real risk. Um, yeah. and then, you know, it looks, you know, and you can, it, it's really tricky because you go for a guy who's known, but has been fired or you go for a guy who's unknown, uh, and could be terrible. Yeah. I got one more, uh, Bruce Boudreaux question for you, Parker. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that he is, or he isn't an Alvin type of guy, or do you not worry about that even? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at, it's so hard to tell, right? Cause we haven't heard much from Alvin, right? He's at a couple yeah. of press conferences and he seems like a, a, your classic Swedish guy, right? Kind of quiet, <laughs> does his own thing, right? You've seen the Sedins, you've seen Alex Edler, you like uh, very similar, uh, that, that Swedish style and, yep. and Boudreaux is very, maybe in a calculated way, more fun and, and goofy. And, you know, I don't remember what the word you used earlier was, but just sort of more bubbly, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um, with everybody, and, and maybe that isn't something that they they want, right? Maybe they do want structure. Maybe they said, "Hey, you know, you guys have had your fun, right? Let's let's get, you know, we're we're here to work, right? Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's we're gonna have someone here who's gonna who's gonna work you, and you're gonna you're gonna work for them, and you're gonna win hockey games. Uh, and it's not supposed to be that fun, right? It's gonna be fun because you're playing hockey, but it's not gonna be the, oh, we're just going to go out there and play offense. And eh, if we lose, we lose, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, it, it really depends what they're looking for. Hey, man, Jasker in lecture style. He says, Parker, you would make a great coach. You need to make players throw up more at training camp. <laughs> I don't think I'd be, I, I think I'd be a great minor hockey coach. Uh, I don't think I'm cut up for the NHL right now. <laughs> yeah, cut your teeth in the minors and we'll see where you are in about five or seven years. Yeah, yeah I don't think they'd be taking me that seriously. Uh, on the bench. Um, so I guess, you know, overall, where, where do you think this ends up? Uh, truly, if they take my advice, whatever, who, what's Clay's advice, it's not to overthink this. I think you do extend them by two years. And then now you have a three-year window after the season. And then you can actually fire, as we talked about, you can fire him or he can quit somewhere, resign somewhere in those three years. I think if you don't re-sign him, I think it's a bad decision, and I, I think you got to give him a chance to 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 prove, see what he can do with a full year. Yeah, then are you in a Tortorella territory though, where if he after his first full year you don't like it, so you can him right away? Oh, I, I think that's 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 projecting too much. I I would extend him. I would. I, I really would. Yeah, I'm in, I I'm in the same boat. And again, yeah. I'm. There's the whole regular season versus playoff thing that sort of looms yeah. over him, right? Where he's terrible in the playoffs, but he gets a lot of the team in the regular season. <laughs> you can't win a playoff series; you don't make it, right? I mean, sure, you can. You things can go really bad, and you can end up like Toronto, where mm-hmm. you have a really good team that wins the regular season, can't win the playoffs. They're having more fun over there than we are right now. <laughs> yeah, they have a yeah. guy who scored 47 goals in his last 47 games. It's pretty we don't good. Have that? That would be cool. 
Um, so I, I think I I would take some regular season success, and then you know uh, maybe you know maybe he's not a great playoff coach, but you got to get there before yeah. you can win, right? Most teams don't win the cup their first time uh, in the playoffs with a core, right? That usually mm-hmm. takes a few tries. Look at Tampa Bay; they looked so solid, and they got they got run out of the building by Columbus in, on their first real go, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know you got to get there before yep. you can before you can win games. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's have this conversation about why can't he win the big one once we actually have a chance to win a one. Yeah. Yeah. That would be agreed. Nice. And I like the way you titled today's episode. Should the Canucks bring back Boudreaux? A lot of bees there. And we both sound like we agree on. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, I, I think why mess with a good thing? Uh, mm-hmm. and sure. Maybe it goes bad, but guess what? Someone else could go bad too. Yeah. Pretty easily. Um, all this to say, the Canucks have not been good lately. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, have come into a real playoff push and have won three of their last 12 games uh, at a time where they needed to basically win two out of every three the entire rest of the way. Uh, they have fell apart. A uh, couple of OTLs in there, which have been painful to watch, um, but they cannot, they cannot get wins anymore. Um, Demko has been great. Halak has been fine, and the team in front of them has not been. Parker, picture this. Let's go back to March 26th when you and I were hanging out together at Monkey Nine Brewing with some of our friends. The Canucks had just beaten Colorado. They had taken a, a hard-earned point off of Minnesota, and they smoked Dallas. We climbed to within three points of a playoff spot with not too many games in hand, like other teams owing games on us. Like It was, it was actually almost equatable where we could say we were three points out of a playoff spot and look what's happened since then we get smoked by st louis then we lose again st louis and get no points out of it and then we lose to vegas a team that was just just as desperate as us isn't it crazy how much just a week and a half what a difference it makes now what are we eight or nine points out it's crazy how i haven't even played three games yeah i haven't looked at there's no need to (laughs) it's i think they're either eight points back of vegas it's yeah, it it turned so quickly. It's it's um, nuts. Yeah, and that's that's why the odds were low, right? Because it's really easy for a, a team to go and win. Sure, you can go win five games in a row, but guess what? You'll probably lose three or four in a row at some point as well. Um, yeah, that game against the Stars, because that they had sort of faltered, right? They had the loss to Detroit and then yeah. Calgary and then Buffalo, and things were kind of done there. And then they go, they beat Colorado, and then they yeah. took a point off of Minnesota, and then they. <laughs> they run Dallas out of their own building yeah. yeah, and it feels like, Oh, well, if they just do this, they'll be fine. Right. They can, they can win if they just play like this and then they stop playing like that and yeah. they get crushed by St. Louis twice. Uh, they fall apart. No T yesterday and the first period and the second period. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, th- this team just doesn't have the consistency. Yeah. They don't have, they, they have these stretches where things are great uh, you know, see December when they went eight and no, uh, mm-hmm. and they have stretches where they lose nine out of 12 games, including losses to New Jersey and Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, actually they beat New Jersey. That was a dumb thing for me to say, uh, <laughs> but they, but they've lost, you know, they, they lose some big games away in yeah. crunch time yeah. uh, and they, they had their, they had control of their own destiny and they blew it. And Parker, I know all of our shows starting in about three weeks will be fueled by what's going to happen in the off season. But back in January, in February, even I would 
I would not have been an advocate of blowing it up or even moving pieces of our core. But honestly, now, now that I've seen kind of month of March and the start of April and seeing, uh, seeing where we are, I, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm completely open. I, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm completely open to a major change. I really am. Because what, what are we waiting for? Truly? What are we waiting yeah, for? This, if you, you can leave this core together and you might end up with a team that is third in the Pacific next year. Yeah. And the year after that and the year after that, what does yeah. that do? Right. You end up like the Minnesota wild from, mm. you know, basically the last 15 years, right. A team that has always been fine, right. You'll finish 11th in the league, 11th to 14th in the league every year. Yeah. You'll play six playoff games. Maybe you win a round and then lose in the second round. What does that do? Right. That doesn't yeah. get you anywhere. Uh, I mean, that's basically what the Canucks had in the West Coast Express era. Um, you know, they go, they, they build an excellent team uh, that, that gets within, you know, 60 minutes of winning. You need that, right? You look at these teams that, are, that have built themselves to take repeated runs and they're the teams that are going to win cups, right? Tampa Bay has done it twice. Colorado is going to be in the mix and Toronto is going to be in the mix. Yeah. Um, these are teams that have built themselves to have law, a, a few runs, right? And that's all you get. You can build the best team in the world and you'll get three or four chances to be the best out of 16 teams. Yeah. So there's a lot of luck involved, but you can make yourselves lucky. And mm -hmm. this team isn't in that position where they're going to get that luck. We look at the bubble. They, they, they were a team that, went farther than they should have. Well, okay, yeah. they, they beat they beat Minnesota pretty handily. Uh, they beat St. Louis, who just didn't look ready to play. Uh, and they got to Game 7 against Vegas, but they didn't deserve to be in Game 7 against Vegas, right? They had, Their goalie got hot. And sure, you're allowed to have a good goalie, but that's not building for success, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not that's not a team that's going to repeatedly have runs. I mean, we saw it now. They, they've, now they haven't made it. Um, yeah for for the last two years and they've been well out of it for most of those two years um yeah why wouldn't you this this isn't working yeah right you have no prospect uh, in you have no prospects in the cupboard really jack brathbone's your only real blue chip prospect and even then he's not like a top 30 prospect in the nhl probably correct maybe he's close but he's he's old for a prospect um you gotta do you, there there's no help coming you can mm -hmm. have guys get better. Like JT Miller got better. That's great. But most players aren't going to get extraordinarily better, right? We're not going to see Brock Besser score 45 goals next year, most likely. Yeah. We're not going to see Elias Pettersson score 47 goals in 47 games like Austin Matthews is doing. Mm -hmm. They don't, as Patrick Alvin said, we don't have that superstar. They have two stars, two very high-end stars. Now three, I guess. Yep. Um, but they don't have the... Sidney Crosby. They don't have right. the Connor McDavid or the Austin Matthews. And those guys are hard to get. Um, but this, the current, the way this team is currently built, it's not a team that's going to be pushing for, you know, pushing to make the finals for four years in a row. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And it's funny, Parker, as you say that, and, and yes, I do want to get to Elvin's comments in a second, but I'm just because we're saying there has to be change. It technically it doesn't have to be a complete rebuild either. Like remember we've, gone through eight years of Jim Benning and his idea 
of building a team. I can't wait to see what Alvin, Castanje, Granado, Clancy, Rutherford behind them. I can't see. I mean, I can't see. I can't wait to see what they do because who knows? They might be able to truly retool, the, uh, you know, cut some fat, uh, trim, trim the fat from the edges. They might be able to change things pretty darn quickly. And, and I'm I'm all here. I'm, I'm here for that. I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's a little scary because things, <laughs> yeah. go, things go the wrong way. Um, yeah. But again, I think you can have that, you know, we can be stuck in the middle for, for five years and be a middling team, or we can try to change something and it'll either work and the team will be really good or it won't work and the team will be really bad. And hopefully they can build that into something good eventually, uh, which would suck. But again, it would also suck to get knocked out in the first round every year like they did when I was growing up. Great point. Uh, Great point. So Great point. it's uh, the goal. The goal is to win it all. Yep. This team isn't going to do it. Yeah. If, plain and simple. Um, you know, guys like Jason Dickinson aren't going to be the, the the piece that pushes them over the edge. Yeah. Uh, getting guys like that in free agency. Um, so they need, to, yeah, they need to, they, they got to do something. Can we and talk I'm, about Patrick Alvin's comments for a few minutes? Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. I yeah. didn't read the whole article. Um, yeah. So it's a great article, great interview with, with Patrick Johnson of the province and talked about Alvin's rise through the hockey world, how he got to Pittsburgh, how he got to Vancouver. But really there are three things that, that a lot of people were talking about. And the biggest one was there are, we don't have the superstar. He didn't say, he didn't even say we don't have a superstar. He said, we don't have the superstar. We are not a contending team. And uh, therefore everyone has something to prove. So um, I, I, I vlogged about it today, but I'm curious for you, Parker. I, I, I basically said, depends on your bar of superstar. If you're saying all stars are superstar, which is way too low, then yeah, the Canucks have a few superstars. If you're saying generational player, then of course they don't. Cause there's, that's only Crosby, McDavid and Ovechkin recently. But if you're talking about guys that can lead a team, can be elite, can uh, come through in the crunch. I'd say I agree with them. It was, it was shocking for me to hear, but mm. I would say right now, as it stands, I don't think there is a superstar on this roster. I think PD Hughes and even Demko as the goalie, I think they have the potential to be, but I don't think right now. And I would, and then I even went as far to say, I think in our history, we've only had one guy who can almost be considered a superstar. And that's Bure. I think Henrik yeah. was awesome, but I don't, I wouldn't call him a superstar. I'd say really no. skilled, great player. <laughs> yeah. So what I do you think? think yeah. It does depend on your bar, right? And, and sure. I don't know what my bar exactly is. I mean, you give me a name, you say, you know, is Connor McDavid a superstar? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Is Austin Matthews a superstar? Yeah. Is Sidney Crosby? Yeah. yeah. Um, is Adam Fox? Yeah. Right. Like, like you mm -hmm. get names like that and you sort of know when you hear it. I mean, I feel like you got to be a super, like, there's stars and there's like elite <laughs> players and things like that. And I think Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, JT Miller, they are all stars, they are all elite players. The superstar for me, that's you got to be like top three, top five at your position, uh, yep. right? Like there's only a handful in the league, right? You you know, you want to name the top five goalies in the league. Well, there's there's five that are better than Demko right now and they're yep. and that are playing at a higher level, right? I mean, Shesterkin right now is a superstar uh, and yep. he's got that potential to, to remain at that level uh, for a long time. Carey Price was a superstar. Jonathan Quick was a superstar. Um, but, but right now Demko's not there yet and he has the ability to, but he's not a, a superstar. Quinn Hughes has the ability to get there and he is mm -hmm. at the top end of star in my mind, but he's not one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He's probably top 15, which yeah. is great. That is great to have. 
Um, but Kale McCarr has passed him. Adam Fox yeah. has passed him. Yeah. Uh, Roman Yossi has passed him. Um, you know, there's a handful of names that you'll put higher. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like if, you, if you're going to be a superstar, you have to be, you're, you're in the conversation for these awards, right? You know, Patrice Bergeron is a superstar because he's won yeah. how many Selkies now? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not in the conversation to win the Norris uh, as a defenseman, are at the beginning of the year if you're not having good odds to at least be in the conversation you're probably not a a superstar and i and i think that's fair he's patrick alvin has had Sidney crosby and evgeny malkin exactly <laughs> exactly though that's yeah. a su- those are two superstars right there yeah, and mark andre yeah. fleury right <laughs> like like some some good pieces uh to yeah. have that the, the canucks don't have that level yet um right. they have guys who could turn into that um but they're they're not there yet but how do you even get those guys they're not really in a position to do that right um which is a a tricky place to be so i had no problem with what alvin said parker because to me when he says those three things in tandem when he says we don't have the superstar we are not a contending team and therefore every player still has to prove himself has something to prove to me that that is basically busting the door wide open for and him basically laying down the gauntlet saying therefore I have the right to make changes. I didn't sign any of these guys. I didn't bring any of these guys in except for Travis Dermott. Um, I, so these, these are none of my guys. I didn't extend any of these guys. And I think we all know that anyways, but I think by him saying this it, very intentionally and very deliberately, he's basically laying the groundwork saying, so don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have said that two months be, ago. Yeah. They're not going to be yeah. complacent, right? Yeah. I think that's important. They're going to, they're going to try to make the team better. And yes. that's, that's what they need to do. And whether it works or whether it doesn't, Hey, I, I'm glad it's them giving it a shot and not the person who was here four months ago. <laughs> um, because I, I, I think J- Jim Benning came into these seasons saying, we think we're a playoff team. We, we think that, you know, we've got these guys who are really good players and it, it didn't work, right? It, they, they weren't a playoff team. They weren't yeah. a contending team. These players that are supposed to be the core of this team underperformed. Um, so it, it's kind of nice to see someone come in and be like, yeah, no, we're, we see this too. <laughs> like we see that, this, that things aren't working. Let's change it. Right. Why stick with it? Uh, and at that point, that's, it is nice to hear. I agree. I agree. So can we, well, I, I don't mean to be so bossy tonight. Can we talk about Tucker Pullman for a couple minutes? Sure. No, this is, is great. that cool. This makes my life so much easier if you just tell well, I figured, me. What you've been carrying on. the show for like the first fifty weeks. I figure I could at least do one show once in a while and contribute. Um, tell I me feel about bad. Pullman. I feel bad for him, Matt. Like he missed whatever 20, 25, 26 games. He he has a couple setbacks. Then he plays yesterday, and he only plays the first period, Parker, and then he doesn't come out for the second period. And then Bujo confirms that it's um a re- it's the recurring injury, his concussion, and. And I don't want to say now it's it's too far to project that this is another another Michael Furlan thing, but it's scary. I forget about his performance. Forget about his contract for a second. As a man, as a as a as a, a, a friend, a family person, I, I don't know about his family. It's that's scary to come back and play whatever seven or eight, six or seven minutes, and then who knows how long is he be out for? I I feel bad for him. I really do. Yeah, concussions are just a scary <sighs> thing, right? Like they can yeah. just completely derail um any any progress can just be derailed like that right 
You go. He played four and a half minutes last night. That's it, eh? Wow. You get a headache just from skating hard, right? Exerting yourself, uh, and you're just thinking, "Oh no!" Right? Like, what's when's what? Like, there's there's no the science isn't that great yeah. <laughs> around brain injuries, right? There's there's like advanced concussion, concussion clinics and all these things, and that that are working to understand it and doing the best that they can with all the knowledge they have, but it, the brain's weird. It's a, it's, it gets hurt and it just doesn't respond sometimes. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. It's, it's super mm-hmm. unfortunate. Um, and you see it a lot in every sport, right. Uh, especially yeah. contact ones like, like hockey and football. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's super unfortunate just to deal with anything like that. And it does, it's, this isn't meant to sound insensitive, but b- before his injury, people were already talking about, as you mentioned, Dickinson, who's been a massive disappointment. I say Tucker Pullman has been another one. Can you move some of those middle contract guys, those guys making two and a half, three and a half million dollars? He, he would be a prime candidate, but then he's going to be very hard to move if, I'm not saying it will, but if this injury persists and is long term, that's going to be a very hard contract to move. And we don't, let's not worry about LTIR and all that kind of thing yet. But I, yeah. I just, it's just bad timing. I feel bad for him. And then from a pure hockey asset management standpoint, it, it's, it could also be quite disastrous as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it wasn't a good contract from the start. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, barring that it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Concussions are wild. It's, uh, it is not my hot take is that concussions are bad. Give me one other hot take. Would you rather have a 26 year old Jason Dickinson for 2.65 for two more seasons or a 28 year old Tucker Pullman for 2.5 for th- three more seasons. I'd rather have Jason Dickinson. Yeah. I feel like the contract expires sooner. <laughs> the money's almost the same. And I think he's more tradable, even barring injuries. I think he's a little more tradable because of his, because of his past. Right. Yes. Um, Cause he has that, that little bit of that cachet from, from his Dallas days. Yep. Yep. That's fair. Remember how excited we were? When they signed him, that seemed like a great move. It's it was a good deal. I was I was golfing that day. I was like, nice. That's yeah. That's a good pickup. Tidy piece wrong. of business, they say. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It felt tidy. Uh, it wasn't yeah. great. Um, do we want to go to the people? I think that was kind of all we had topic wise. Unless sure. there's anything else you wanted to hit on. Let's do it. All right, this is your time to get some questions in. Um. Da, 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 da. Uh, Edmund, uh, with kind of a good question here saying, would you say that the biggest moves uh, are to get rid of bad contracts? I'm going to sort of expand on this. Do Mm. you think priority one is clearing cap space or do you think it is making the roster better? Mm, I think you can have both, but I I would, I would start with clearing the cap space actually. Yeah, I would. And I think that's sort of what it sounds like they might be leaning towards. And I think, It's yeah, it's tricky to make the roster better with no more money, um, <laughs> but it really depends on, on what they prioritize, right? And if they say, "Hey, yeah. we're going to be a little worse next year to make to get rid of these yeah. contracts," like maybe Oliver Larson or, or Tyler Myers, um, or Tucker Pullman or Jason Dickinson or anyone down those lines, um, hopefully they don't have to spend to do that. I mean, we've heard right. that Tyler Myers might actually have positive value out there, which big tall defenseman, I guess you know big guy that can hit uh, is is valuable um i think if they can get anything like that they take it 
Um, but yeah, I think it could hurt the team next year, which I mean, we we're used to it, right? If you're a betting man, do you think Garland's on this team at the start of next season? I do. I mm-hmm. think, I think even underperforming Connor Garland is still worth the money he gets paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he has a positive value and I think that's all you really need. Right. Um, again, if every player on your team outperforms their contract, you have a really good team. Uh, that's kind of the world we live in. And I think Connor Garland, uh, has shown better than what he has been this year. And I think he can get back to, even if he gets back to the middle of last year and this year, I think that's a pretty good player for the money he makes. Yeah. I, you know how excited I was when we got him. I didn't know anything about him, but I watched one highlight package and then I was sold. So I, 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 Still have high hopes for him as well. But um, I hear more and more people, Parker, talking about the trade as the season comes to a, a close, saying, oh, it would be nice to have that $12 million in cap space and Dylan Gunther ripping it up in the, you know, in, in the in the juniors right now. But, you know, hindsight again, always 2020. Well, I, I, I did say that the day the trade <laughs> happened. I said I love Connor Garland, but I don't love – getting rid of all your bad contracts that have one year left to pick up one that has seven. Yeah. Uh, that seemed a little bit short-sighted. Yeah. Um, even if I do like Connor Garland a lot and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to have gone too, too well. And it, it yeah. might end up being one of Jim Benning's worst deals, which is shocking to say, <laughs> um, but it genuinely could be right. It is, yeah. you know, getting rid of a first round pick and taking on a big cap hit uh, and getting a player who underperformed here, I mean that's just uh, just a bunch of a bunch of bads at yep. one time. And as the king of positivity at the time, Parker, I was trying to defend it. I really was trying to defend it, but it was su- such an obvious win now move. And and then four months later, he's not here. Like, what's that saying? Oh, oh. yeah, no, it's a mess. Yeah, it's it is a mess. Yeah, but that can't be taken into account this offseason. Fair enough. Because that's just, it's sunken cost, right? It's yep. that's done. That happened. It's unfortunate, but again, they have full autonomy and they have full. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I can't. I can't think right now. It's yeah. It's look, our PM. words. Our words. They, uh, yeah, they they they're not responsible for what the old <laughs> management team did. Uh, yep. They're they're shielded from it. So yeah, you know they can. They have free reign there. Yep. Agreed. All right. You want to pick another one? Uh, sure. Actually, Jasker, I like uh, Jarhead's question actually from 1059. What hand, I guess it's kind of cool. What handedness are you guys? Why is right hand D harder to find when the majority of people are right handed? I'll let the actual hockey player speak first. That's I genuinely don't know. Yeah. It's really bizarre to me. Um, I wonder if it's because left-handers are more rare uh, that in like minor leagues, left-handed defensemen are more important. So maybe they get, you know, brought in earlier, right? It's like, Hey, well, we, we have a bunch of guys lined up for this rep team on the right-hand side. We need to develop some guys left-hand side gives us more attention and then they get better. Um, but that does, I don't know. I, I genuinely yeah. don't know. Cause what, like 80, 90% of people are right-handed um how about hockey it, players though what's the percentage of hockey players it's got to still be it's got in the nhl i'm not sure um, right, right in the nhl right, right closer right. to even maybe yeah. because of handedness it is a really weird 
it's a weird phenomenon that I can't explain. I'm sure there's articles out there about it though. Sure. Yeah. And I, I'm just thinking of our own forward group. Like you think of all the good forwards, Miller or everyone except Besser and Garland and Chase on our right-handed. I mean, sorry, our left-handed, isn't it? Like PD, Miller, Horvat, all those guys are lefties. Yeah, there's a two-to-one ratio of left-handers to right-handed shots. Interesting. Um, and only 10% of the population is left-hand dominant. So, um, yeah, wow. there, here's, there's a there's an article about it. Uh, if you, I just searched, why are most NHL players left-handed? <laughs> um, and there's an article from Pure Hockey right at the top. Yeah. So go read what do you, that. What do you shoot? I'm righty. You're righty? Yeah. Everything, like golf and writing? and like, Right-handed everything, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. People are different. Same, but I, I don't. My shot doesn't even count. I, you, I might as well be have no hands. Oh, that didn't sound right, but okay. Anyways, yeah. Uh, you want to grab another one here? Sure. Um, uh, let's see. Let's go. I don't know. Do you want to go serious or fun? Uh serious is so. It's eleven p.m. on a Monday. We can have a little fun, right? Let's do one more jarhead one uh, from level two. What would Alvin say to Benning if he ran into him at the bar? I don't. I think he would just stare at him. I I think you would just stone face look at him like, "What have you done?" Um, I don't think he. I don't think he'd say too much. No. Uh, a sarcastic answer would be, um, you know, thanks for making my job so difficult. I guess a, a serious answer would be, uh, thanks for making my job so difficult. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. That's rough. Yeah. Um, scrolling here. Do, 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 do. Peter Wynn at 11 asked you, uh, he says, Parker, Miller, Garland, Besser, are all three Canucks next season based on the rumors? Yes or no? All three? I doubt it. Just because, again, they got to make some changes. Yeah. And I feel like those are, I, I, think, Mil- I think Miller's gone. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think it's just because you can't pay him the money that he deserves. Um, not saying he's greedy. I think yep. he genuinely deserves, uh, he deserves to be, to get a $70 million contract, right. Or around there. Um, I just don't think the Canucks can afford that, um, yeah. for their, yeah. the, where, where their window is going to be. Um, and I, I think, think you got, yeah, yeah. I Sorry, think getting but... rid of Miller makes it a lot easier to keep Garland yeah. and Besser. Uh, I think Besser, if you go six by six or something like that, six and a half, whatever, uh, I think you're fine there. I, I think mm. Besser sort of played it around six level. Um, and I think Garland is easy to keep. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got to go to Miller pretty much right as soon as the season ends and at least get an indication. And, and, and it doesn't mean you have to trade him that day on May 1st, but it does mean you have options, whether it's at the draft, whether it's at the start of the season or whether it's at the trade deadline. But I think you do got to talk to people pretty much right away at the risk of it leaking, but you got to know. You got to know. Yeah, you go. It, it's like what they did with Tyler Mott at the deadline, right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they tried to to work a contract out. They're too far apart. We said, all right, our only option is to get something for you, uh, and that's the boat that they're going to be with JT Miller. I think the most value probably comes around at the draft, um, yeah. just because then you know the picks are for this year instead of next year, and you know usually sooner is better. Although we've heard that the next draft might be better. Um, so I think, you know, you can go to him in off, off season and say, look, all we can do, we can give you the eight and a half, but we can only do four or five years. Like it's yep. just, that's genuinely all we can do. I understand if you're trying to find more elsewhere, if you want to play here, this is what we can do for you. 
if you want to play elsewhere, we get it. We'll find you a, a team that you want to go to, right? And again, it's it's business, and it's something that I mean, he definitely understands, right? He wants if 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 they don't think he can get, if he doesn't think he can get the money here, he's going to say, okay, I want to go to like here, 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 and the Canucks say, okay, let's talk to them and let's allow you to negotiate with them while we put a trade in the works, and they'll say, okay, we're good on this contract, let's figure out the deal, and you know they can sort of work together on it. They're all everyone sort of has the same goal here, right? JT Miller wants yeah. to get paid. The Canucks want certainty. They want to either they want to either keep him forever or trade him, uh, and they can they there's there, there's no need to have bad blood or anything there, uh, and it, it, you know you just have a conversation and get it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I keep going back to your point about Garland. That's a really good point because that that is a nice contract. So as as much as that might be appealing to another team, they should be appealing to our team too. We just got to get them playing a bit better for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a bad year. Yeah, it happens. Yep. It happens to yep. a lot of players. Even if he stays at this level, it, he's still basically performing to his contract. It's not great. It's not what we were hoping for, um, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't think you're on the clock to trade Connor Garland. Right. Uh, right. And even if you were, I think again, something you can do at the trade deadline, right? Yep. I, I don't think that's. I don't think the, the clock's not yep. really ticking on him. You have him locked up for a couple more years. You're fine there. Um, and then I think Besser uh, again. I think. If he wants to take the seven and a half for one year, that's his prerogative. But I, I think you're in a good boat to offer him a longer term at a little bit lower money based on the fact that he underperformed a bit this year and hasn't really been his rookie self ever. Um, <laughs> and, and again, I think you can I think you can probably pull some value out of that, too. Mm-hmm. It's well, it's fascinating. It really, really is. I'm, I'm kind of excited. Kinda. Yeah, I'm excited, too. And I'm scared. Yeah, we can be both. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't reading comments as we went here. So again, me, me I, I'm so riveted to your answer. So, oh, great. Now I got to scroll. <laughs> um, Actually, if I may, since we're in the spirit of honesty, people uh, have been asking, um, when are you bringing your post game live streams back? And if you are okay, that actually, that was the first question was, are you all right? And yeah, are good. you bringing them back? Good. I'm good. I'm just kind awesome. of busy. I'm yeah. tired and I'm sad when the team loses and I just don't feel like it yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Um, I've been close, couple, close a couple of times and the Canucks lost and I didn't feel like it. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll probably get a couple more in this year. Um, we'll see how we, we feel next year, but um, no, there's just, it, I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't been that invested in the games. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we had the one, we had the one game that we, that we watched uh, last weekend that yep. was fun. And yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience, uh, and it was a lot easier to be invested in the game with with all the people there and and the fun game that it was. But these games, like you look at the game yesterday, that first period, I didn't want to watch the game after that. <laughs> I turned it on again in the third, but after the, like the way they were playing, it's like why, why should I feel obligated to spend my time <laughs> watching them when they're putting that bad of a performance out there? Yeah, uh, and, you, know, you know, put me first. I don't want to, I don't need to deal with that. Good. So that's no, my, uh, good. Awesome answer. Cause people want that. People wanted to know, and it's good that they were, they care too, which, which is awesome. King RJ right at the bottom. He just asked us, I think it's a great question. What key AHLers do you th- see Elvin resigning and who will walk? I'm not very up to date on the contracts of the AHLers, but I guess we can pull it up. Uh, non-roster. 
so Phil DiGiuseppe is going to be an, uh, a UFA. Um, and I think as far as I can tell, he's been pretty good. He's almost a point per game in the AHL, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, could be a decent depth piece for the NHL squad. Um, he seems like a guy that you'd want to bring back potentially. Um, Sheldon Rempel, I think has been, uh, lighting it up, right? Yeah. He's over, over a point per game. Um, you know, it's a, it's a team that's playing pretty good hockey, uh, Sheldon Dries, you mentioned both Sheldons. Yeah. Um, the rest of the forwards, I'm not too knowledgeable on. Um, right. Dowling signed for another year. Carson Fox signed for another year. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on the forwards there? No, I I think uh, I I don't I don't think so much about what their contracts are. I just think of who's going to be up here, and I I'm not sure if Giuseppe or Bailey or Rempel are ever going to be up here, but that doesn't mean they're not important. They're obviously very important to that, the depth of the organization overall. And that's why they're, they're in the playoff spot this year, but I get more excited about seeing uh Klimovich coming up, you know, maybe in the next one or two seasons, or at least having another really good training camp. But to answer, to answer King RJ's question, if he's actually talking about contracts yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I would resign Giuseppe, uh for sure. Cause I, I think he's the one that he almost got a look up here. And then mm. on on the on the back end, you know, there's no one that excites me like uh, Sautner, Juleson, Stevens, and Bowie. All of their contracts expire at the end of the season. Only uh, and Rathbone's an RFA, and Jet Wu still got another year. And really, it's Rathbone and Wu that I think are one and two years away, respectfully, uh, respectively. So yeah, and you look at these guys, and a lot of them are you can you can pay them more money with no consequence right yep. other than to the wallet right you look at phil di giuseppe he makes 750 this year but in the minors he only makes 450 yep. right so you could bump his you can bump his minor salary up to be the same as his cap hit mm. and that's a big raise for him and it would be good motivation to stay unless you know other teams are lining up to to give him a spin uh sheldon rempel uh 750 cap hit his minor salary is only 125 right you say, yeah. hey, we'll give you 400 grand next year. The way you're playing, you're putting up over a point per game. You might get some actual NHL playing time. Yeah. Um, you know, those are those are some things that you can do to make that work. Um, you know, Jack Rathbone's an RFA. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that'll get done. That'll probably just be a bridge deal because um, yeah. he hasn't shown anything up here, really. So yeah. he's signed up for a year or two at million bucks or whatever it ends up being yeah because uh, yeah. right now i mean jack rathbone makes nothing right now right yeah. 925 cap hit in the minors he makes 70k wow he makes he you know he's playing professional hockey and he he makes less than you know a, someone with some decent tenure somewhere right yeah. like yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's not he's not doing you know he's not doing too great and, and again you you give him a bridge deal where his cap hit and his minor salary are the same really easy for him to say yes to that right um spencer martin is a ufa i think they you know he's a piece you want down there um it is tricky because they have three goalies down there who are and you can only really have two but if you want to maybe take a shot on spencer martin being your backup next year it seems a little risky um but it's something that you can that you can try i think uh i think they've got a lot of decent depth pieces down there and they'll want to keep a good chunk of them yeah, it's fascinating, Parker. The, I'm glad you mentioned Martin. The three goalies all have different situations. Martin is a UFA, DiPietro's an RFA, and Silovs is signed for like two more years. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I, yeah, I do, and I know a lot of people are asking about Spencer Martin actually in the comments. 
I do see next season, of course, Demko's number one. I see it being Martin DiPietro and one veteran goalie that they'll find from somewhere for cheap, uh, 900 grand a million. And I think, I actually think it'll be three guys competing for that backup spot. I, I think they're grooming Martin for it. But yeah, you got to have a competition, obviously. You can't just come out of day one training camp and say it's going to be Demko and Martin. Everyone else, too bad, so sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I'm going to try to look up here who, yeah. the, uh, who the UFA goalies are. Yeah, yeah. Into, coming into this year, there's guys like Flurry. Uh, yep. That's obviously not the level they're going for. Um, yep. Koskinen, please no. Oh um, gosh, I'd Corey rather go net. Corey Schneider, who played yesterday, and he won. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, Holtby, you want to go back to that? Well, uh, Jack Campbell, um, uh, Malcolm Subban, uh, Spencer Martin's on this list. Alex Stalock is kind of up there. Uh, JF Baruby. Do you, he? I thought he was old. J.F. Barubi, John Francois Barubi. I don't know who that is. I've I've heard that I've heard Barubi before, and not Craig. Um, <laughs> no, wasn't he like supposed to be a good goalie coming up? He was a fourth round pick a few years ago. He, he's, I thought okay. he was. I thought he was thirty five. He's twenty eight. That's why I brought <laughs> that up. Um, Garrett Sparks. Oh, Craig I remember Anderson, him. Uh, Aaron Dell. The Hamburglar. Uh, yeah, no, there's not a lot of... Yeah, it's spinning out pretty quick there, there, Parker. Yeah, yeah, Pick yeah. Up. Yeah, there's not... I think, yeah, you're probably good going with a uh, someone like a Spencer Martin or something yeah. um, and hoping he can fill that role. That's true. You're right. Uh, we, we liked what we saw of him and his very small <laughs> audition, but it is a little bit risky. Um, it is risky. Given, yep, yep. He's going to play 20, 25 games. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you you see what, what happens when you have a bad backup. You have to play your starting goalie a lot, and oh. they'll get worse throughout the year. Um, and you have to play. You know, you got to be like, all right, we're gonna put Halak in anyways, and he's gonna allow seven goals. And oh, I thought you were talking hypothetically. No, yeah, sure, <laughs> yes. Allegedly, if you had a bad goalie, Allegedly. that could happen. Yes, um, sure. Yeah. I hear you. Anyway, <laughs> hey, are we coming up to our one year anniversary soon? Uh, that would be next week. Next week's shows are when your anniversary. Next week's show will be, I think, 364 days, because April 12th was our first one. So it'd be the same second week of April, third week of April, whatever it ends up being. We gotta do something fun for that. Yeah, well, uh, we'll something some more fun time. than our hockey team. Yeah, and there's no game, so it's not like we have to be sad if we lose. I'll be sad anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Next, okay, uh, I'm, I'm declaring it. Next week will be a cheer up Parker episode. Cheer up Parker party. The Canucks are gonna go three and zero. We're gonna be right back in it. Just have to win eleven out of the next twelve. We can do it. That's easy. Easy. We just gotta easy. beat Vegas twice and Dallas and Minnesota and, and Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, yeah. And easy. L.A. and Edmonton. Oh no. Ah. Uh... Oh, Thank no. you, Lucas, for the donation. Canucks After Dark, the one-year anniversary special. Indeed, we're going to do something fun. We'll do something. We'll we'll remember 15 minutes before, and we'll improvise. <laughs> we might even get on here 20 minutes before because it's so special. <laughs> yep. The, we'll, we'll, we'll have more prep. Um, remember, the Cheer Up Parker Party. Everyone remember the C-U-P-P, the cup. Cheer Up Parker Party. That's what we're sure. doing. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, good to wrap up? Sure. All right, 
thank you guys very much for joining us. If you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning here on YouTube, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform in about 30 minutes. We're here every Monday, 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, if you're crazy, um, or 6 a.m. in Europe, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm going to spend the next week on the couch watching the Masters. Clay, nice. what are your plans for the next week? Uh, well, my son, Jacob, speaking of going Eastern time, just, uh, that's where I was just before we came on here, drove me to the airport. Cause he flew out to Toronto for a big bowling tournament, actually a national nice. tournament. Yeah. So I'm going to follow his, get up early, follow his games. And then in the meantime, try and stay up for the three Canucks games, two away and one home. And we'll see what kind of mood we're in over next week. Yeah. So enjoy the masters and I'll enjoy some bowling live streams. How's that? Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you guys for watching. Have a good one and we'll see you next week.